0: Well, it's good to be here again this morning. This is the first again, I mentioned it. First Sunday in 2016. Uh, there's been some... Ronnie, can you find that buzz? That may be those choir mics. I don't... Yeah, that's better. But there's already been some new changes around Soda Baptist Church. I don't know how many of you get on the internet and all that stuff, but Soda Baptist Church has a brand new webpage. Uh, you can go on that webpage and you can find out about our services You can find out about when uh, the youth group is meeting, the activities that are taking place. Uh, You can go on that website, and if you've missed a sermon, you can go and you can listen to that sermon on the website again. And so there's a lot of new changes that are taking place. It's just a a place that we can advertise our services. Uh, So it's just a a great thing. It's got our doctrinal statement on it. It's got on how we're associated with the Baptist Missionary Association of America. Man, it's just a, a good place for a lot of good information and uh, if you're on, uh, on the computer much you can go check that out and, and uh, see what, what, it's, what it's got to offer alright uh, I, I told Susie this morning and I've said this before but it hadn't panned out this is going to be a pretty short message this morning or I, so I think it might be so uh, maybe that will be a good, new, good, good way to start the new year off today is the first Sunday of the new year and I believe that this will go down in history as the year of change now, I might, you might have, I might have said the same statement last year. But I want you to know, and I'm not talking about just, a, just America. I'm talking about the world as a whole. I have never seen, and I think most of you in this room, especially some of you older folks, you have never seen the condition of the world in the mess that it's in today. Do you, do you agree? And I'm telling you, if it continues to go on the course that it's going, it's going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And I can never I cannot think of another year where Christians in the world today need to make a stand and step up more than in 2016. That's why my challenge this year is for you to choose to serve the Lord more than you have ever served a year in your life. Service is where God is going to call us in, in order for people to be saved, in order for people to be to reach the gospel to them in order for us to to support missionaries abroad. I want you to know this this year, and some of you might have heard about it, the Center of Hope. Center of Hope is going to be building a building this year in Livingston, Texas. And I do see the Center of Hope. We're trying to reach and change people's lives through Christ. I see the Center of Hope changing Polk County as we know it today. I really do. And I see because there's a group of churches that are getting behind it. We've already raised over $100,000 toward the new building. We've got another fundraiser that's fixing to take place. And we're fixing to raise enough money that we can establish this. And it's kind of like a watering hole in, in Africa. If you want to go hunting, if you want to kill a big animal, go to a watering hole. Why? That's where all the animals are going to be going. And I can see the Center of Hope being a place for people to come. And as they come to reach out for the resources that it will offer, we will be able to reach people for Christ. 2016 needs to be our busiest year for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that never in history has America and this world that we have has a greater need for Christians to step up and to serve. Now, this morning, I want us to look in First Kings chapter 18, and I know that this is a familiar Scripture. This is a story that probably most of us already have heard, but I want us to look at it again. As a matter of fact, I've got it wrote in my Bible right here. Soda, February the 3rd, 2013 is the last time I preached using these scriptures. We're going to look at it a little different way this morning, but I want us to begin in verse number 17. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 17 is where we're going to begin. Now, I want to give us a little bit of background before we start on the story or this event that takes place in Israel. So this is just a little story. Flip back one page to 1 Kings chapter 16. I should have started you there. 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 29. And look what it says right there. This is just kind of building our history up. It says, And in the thirty and eighth year of Asa, king of Judah, began Ahab, the son of Omri, to reign over Israel. And Ahab, the son of Omri, reigned over Israel in Samaria twenty and two years. Now listen to this description. And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. So when we look at this, we see that Ahab, the king that we're fixing to talk about, was one of the worst kings ever over the nation of Israel. And we've had stories and I've told events that Ahab has done in the past. Ahab is not a very good king. But what we're fixing to see here in this scripture, flip on over now back to 1 Kings 18 and verse 17, what we're fixing to see is that God sends Elijah to this wicked king Ahab. And he says, Ahab, I want you to know, because of your wickedness, it's not going to rain until I return and give you the word that it's going to rain again. So, and most of us know this story, how Elijah now, God told Elijah, He said, Elijah, what I want you to do is I want you to leave where you're at, and you go down to the brook. And he gives him the name of the brook, and he said, You just stay right there, and I'm going to take care of you. Now the Bible says that while Elijah was down on this brook that ravens brought Elijah food daily. The ravens would bring him food and he would drink water from the brook. Now, I just believe that I believe this is where Ahab was getting his food. I believe the ravens and that doesn't tell us this in scripture. But I, leave the, I believe the ravens were swooping down on the king's table and taking food right off the king's table and flying it down there to the brook and giving it to Elijah. Now, it doesn't tell us that, but I believe that's where the ravens were getting their food. So now Elijah down there, he's on this brook. when well now it's not rained. Okay? As a matter of fact, it's about three, three and a half years before it starts raining again. But now while you're down there on this brook and it don't rain for about three years, guess what happens to the brook. It dries up. So when the brook dries up, God sends uh, Elijah to this widow woman in uh, the city of Zophar, I think. I can't remember how it's... uh, Zarephath. He sends him down to this widow that's living in Zarephath. And he says, listen, you go and you stay with her. This little widow woman was standing... She was gathering sticks. She was fixing to eat her last meal because she'd done run out of oil, she'd done run out of flour, she'd done run out of everything. And he went and he says, hey, bring me a, a, a piece of bread. And she says, well, yep. she, she did. And I want you to know, Elijah lived with that lady of Zophar, and she had done run out, but I want you to know, the oil and the meal stayed every day. She'd go back to get some more, and it was always there, because the Lord provides. The Lord provides. So three, three and a half years pass, and God tells Elijah, he said, Elijah, you go back and you tell Ahab now that I'm fixing to let it rain, but I've got a point to get across here. He says, this is what's taking place in the nation of Israel. And, and we're going to look at this verse in a minute. And I want to make sure that we understand what, what Elijah is fixing to ask the people of Israel. And I believe this is a relevant question for us today. Oh, Elijah is fixing to ask the people, the people of Israel, he's going to say, listen... How long are you going to decide between these two opinions? Do you serve God or do you serve Baal? Now if I was to ask that question this morning, how many you here serve Baal? That's, not, that's an irrelevant question for us. But now let me ask you this. If that same question is presented to us today and we word it in the language that we understand, How long are we going to decide between these two opinions? Are you going to serve God or are you going to serve the world? Are you going to serve God or are you going to do what you want to do? Are you going to serve God and do what God wants you to do? Are you going to continue to just dabble in church, not commit, not sacrifice? Because listen, the Israelites were there. I want you to know they played church every week. But this is what Elijah is asking. He said, listen, when are you going to decide to serve God and quit playing the game? This is the question before you. So when we see what's taking place right here, and that's why I'm saying, I believe it is more important today in 2016 for us to stop playing the game of church and stop playing the game of Christianity. Listen, there's people dying and going to hell all around us. And they've not been told about Jesus. My goal this year, I don't know where to go get it, but I'm going to try to find a map. And I'm going to put Soda Baptist Church in the middle of that map. And I'm going to drive a five-mile circle around Soda Baptist Church. And I'm going to call that Our Jerusalem. And it is going to be my goal in 2016 to at least reach everyone inside that circle with the gospel of Jesus Christ one way or another whether it's to invite them here for a free meal, whether it's to have a youth activity that invites kids to come, whether it's a youth rally, whether it's a revival service, whether it's going door to door, I believe God has called us to reach those who are around us and that He has given us a desire to do that. 2016, I pray and hope that we will choose to serve God like we've never chosen to serve God before. So look what it says here in chapter 18 and Verse 17. Now, I've done mentioned that he he has come to this point where he is now going back to speak to King Ahab. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, and Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? In other words, Oh, Ahab was saying, Listen, you are the cause that we haven't had rain for so long. You are the cause that our crops are drying up. You are the cause that Israel is having so much trouble right now. Now, isn't that the normal thing to do is to blame the preacher? When things are not going right, i just blame the preacher. He said, No, Ahab, I'm not the reason. You who have led the nation of Israel away from the Lord. That's the reason. Verse number 18, And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that he hath forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam, or the world. You could replace that in our time with following after the world and the ways of the world. Now therefore send and gather to me all of Israel unto Mount Carmel and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty and the prophets of the groves four hundred which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. This is what Elijah has told King Ahab to do. He said, listen, we're fixing to have a showdown. We're fixing to have a showdown. You bring all the prophets, and I want you to know the numbers were on King Ahab's side. There were 450 prophets of Baal. Then the queen had an additional 400 prophets that ate with her. So there's 850, I don't know what you want to call them, In our society today, they would be the socialites of the world today that tell us same-sex marriage is okay. That tells us that you can gamble and cheat and do whatever you want to get money today. They'll tell you that drugs and alcohol are the way to go to give you an escape, to make you happy, to give you peace. I want you to know these 850 prophets were the ones in our society today that says do what you want and you will be happy. That's what this represents. This represents the world and the way that the world tells us happiness is found. I want you to know happiness is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care how much money you've got. I don't don't care how many cars you've got. I don't care. It does not matter. It does not matter. All the toys that this world offers, you lay your head on your bed at night and I want you to know when you can't lay there with peace, it's because you don't have the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and your life. That's what it boils down to. And that's hard to get across to people today. Because I want you to know the one advertising for the world has got a good ad campaign going. He has got a great ad campaign going. Man, just live whatever you think is right. Just do it. That is exactly what this was saying. Now look at that next verse. This is the question Elijah is asking the people. He is asking the Israelites this question. And Elijah came unto all of the people and said, How long? out ye between two opinions. If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Balaam, then follow him. And the people answered him not a word. Now you notice what he said here. He said, The people... We're following after two opinions. And see, and this is what I think happens in our society today. I believe you can go out in the world and ask people, Who is Jesus? Oh, that's uh, He was born on Christmas. Uh, Yeah, He died on a cross. Uh, And I think He rose again. Yeah. Yeah, He's the one that used to do miracles. I think His name is in the Bible. I want you to know you can go in the world today and you can ask people who Jesus is and a whole lot of people will know who Jesus is. As a matter of fact, if you ask the Muslim population today, almost every Muslim you will ask knows who Jesus is because He is in their Koran. It talks about this prophet, about this prophet that done miracles. But now, listen, they don't believe He's the Son of God. They don't believe that He died on the cross for their sins and they definitely don't believe that He rose from the grave. But they do know who Jesus is. See, this is where the Israelites are. They They know who God is. But I want you to know, they go and they worship God and they gather together and they have a good time on Saturday, which was their Sabbath day. But then on Sunday through Friday, they're over here and they're enjoying themselves in the world. And Elijah's saying, listen, how long are you going to play the game? How long are you going to continue to play the game? I tell you, that's that's an important question for us to ask today. If, if we were to sit and to ask ourselves this morning, in my life, do I make more decisions based on what God desires me to do, or do I make more decisions based on what I want to do in my life, that's going to determine which side of the opinion you have fallen on. I used to, when I was in high school, I used to wear a little old bracelet. WWJD. What would Jesus do? And that was kind of a question that I would ask myself prior to any action. Before I cheated on a test, oh man. I'd wind up failing the test. Before I before I somebody made a made fun of me or made a comment toward me and I'd see that bracelet and I would want to say something back or get revenge back. I would have to make the decision not to. So it was what would Jesus do? I'm asking today, what decision is the, What is making the most decision in your life? Is it yourself, or is it what would Jesus, or what would God do in your life? Let's skip on down to verse number 22. So Elijah has stood. Well, let me make this one more point. What was the people's answer? Why do you think they didn't say anything? <laughs> Have you ever done anything and you... And your dad walk up to you and you say, Son, why did you do that? <laughs> you don't have an answer because you, you don't have a clue why you did it. I mean, you know you shouldn't have done it, but why did you do it? I don't know. I, I remember, and I, here I am, I'm telling one of our stories again. Susie told me, she said, You're telling too much of our lives up there from the pulpit. And I do sometimes. We 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 had a... Well, we had a water leak, and we asked the 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 water meter people to come and replace our water meter. We had a leak, and it didn't have one of them little leak detectors you know that spun if the water was running, so they did. They came out there and they they got in our water meter. no Tony's standing on the front porch, and he's watching them. He's about six years old, and he sees what they're doing, and they put a brand new water meter in there and Tony's been sitting there playing with his BB gun and he, they got done and they left and he walked out there and he looked and he saw that little red dial going and he went, hmm, Tony, why did you shoot the brand new water meter? He didn't have an answer. Israel? Why are you going to serve Baal and God? You choose between the two. What is your answer? Uh, they couldn't give an answer. So, so watch this. this. Watch this. Elijah is about to do something to convince them to serve God. Okay? He's going to say, listen, when I get done here, if you're not convinced that God is God and you need to serve Him, then you you're in a bad situation. Okay? And when we get through with this message, when we get through with this message this morning, and you still believe that you should serve yourself more than you should serve God, let me tell you you're in a bad situation. Because the Bible tells us where you will spend an eternity. And I hate to even bring that part up because I know it's the goodness of God that causes us to come to salvation. It's not because of the rejection that's going to send us to hell. But this is what Elijah is saying. He said, listen here, do this. Look in verse 22. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I alone, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under it. And then you call on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of my Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let, that God, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. There is a test fixing to take place here. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for you are many. And call on the name of your God, but put no fire under and they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it, and they called it on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and cried, Cry aloud, for he is a god, either he is... Uh, talking or he is pursuing or he is on a journey or pre-adventure, he is sleeping and he must be awakened. And they cried louder and they cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. I want you to know Elijah is mocking them. Why do you think Elijah is mocking them? Because Elijah knows who the true God is. And I want you to know that is the same thing the world offers you and me today. The world is up here going, here, well here, try this. No, 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 go over there. Here, let me try this. Cry a little louder. Take a little more. Drink a little longer. Maybe you'll find peace. Maybe you'll find contentment. Continue to please yourself. Make a little more money. Maybe that'll make you happy. That's what, that's what Elijah's doing. He said, listen, y'all been worshiping this God forever and I want you to know you've never gotten anything from Him. Not a single thing. Has this world ever given you that's lasted? Nothing. Verse number 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, and to him, and the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar unto the name of the Lord. And he made a trench about the altar, as great as could contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in the order, and he cut the bullock in pieces, and he laid it on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on it, on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. And he said, Do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, Do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around about the altar... And fill the trench, so that also with water. And it came to pass, at the end of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that Thou art God in Israel, and that I am Thy servant, and that I have done all of these things at Thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me at this people. May, may known that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their hearts back again. Here it goes. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt off the sacrifice, and the wood and the stones and the dust licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Now I want you to know, if we were to do that today, Hey, I want everybody to come. We're going to go out in this field in the backyard. Here, I'm going to build this altar up and I'm going to put wood here. Let's get the fire hose and let's drench it down real good. And I said, Okay, Lord, show these people that you are God. And if it would consume it, we would respond exactly the same way. We would fall on our face before God. Well, I say we would. In our society today, there's so many dramatics and on TV, you could just about believe anything. Ah, that couldn't have been from God. But that day, I want you to know, they fell on their face before God. So where are we at today? You want to know a sign that proves that God is God. I want you to know God is, not, God is not going to show us any more signs. They ask, how will we know? The Jews, when Jesus was here, how will we know? Show us a sign that you are the Son of God that you are the Messiah. And he said, this is the only sign I'm going to give you. Just like Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three, nights and three, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and he will rise again. You want to know the sign that God gives you and me today? The sign that he gave us, you and me today. Jesus Christ came as a child onto this earth. He lived a perfect life. He gave His life on the cross. He shed His blood for your sins. He died and He rose again three days later. And if you can't believe that sign, you can't be saved. Period. That's it. That's it. You want to know what the gospel is? The gospel is Jesus Christ came and died for you because He loved you so much. But He didn't stay dead. He rose from the grave. And I can't think of a a greater time today for us to give our lives to Jesus Christ because the days are getting worse and worse and worse in our society. It is time to step up. We need to serve this year greater than we've ever served, we need to sacrifice our time and efforts to serve the Lord Jesus Christ more than we've ever sacrificed and given of our times. We are facing the enemy and the time has come to stand. This is a letter that was written on February the 24th, 18 and 36. This letter was written by William Barrett Travis. It was written to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world. Fellow citizens and co patriots, this is what he said while standing in the Alamo. He says, I am besieged by a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana. Under Santa Ana, I have sustained a continual bombardment of cannons for 24 hours and have not lost a man. The enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion, otherwise, the garrisons are to put to the sword or to be put to the sword. If the fort is taken, I have answered... And put to the sword. If the fort is taken, I have answered the demand with a cannon shot, and our flag still waves proudly from the walls. I shall never surrender or retreat. Then I call on you in the name of liberty and patriotism and everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch... The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily and will not doubt increase to three or four thousand in four or five days. If this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due on his own honor and that of his country. Then he writes these words, victory or death. Victory or death. He put a P.S. down there. The Lord is on our side. When the enemy appeared in sight, we had not three or four bushels of corn. We have since found in deserted homes 80 or 90 bushels and got into the walls uh, 20 or 30 head of bees or cattle or, or beef jerky is what we would call it. He said the Lord is on our side. This was written on February twenty fourth. We know that on March the I forgot to write the date down. It's either March the fourth or March the sixth. I can't remember the day. This is what he done. It was March the fifth. This is what he done. William Barrett Travis. walked to the middle of that Alamo and he pulled his sword out. And he says, Men, if we're going to fight, we're going to die. And he took a line and he took his sword and he drew it in the dirt. And he says, If you're willing to die for your country, come and stand on this side of the line. Everyone that was there, 189 of those men, all of them there but two stood and walked over that line to give their lives for their country. Jim Bowie was on the other side of that line and he said would some men come and pick up my cot that I lay on because I can't walk and put me on the other side of that line and they picked him up and they put him on the other side of the line. There was only one man and he was a hired mercenary, a Frenchman that could come to fight for the the Texas army. He left that night in the night and he Went somewhere in Louisiana and he escaped the battle. That's how we know this story today is because of what took place. But this is what he done. He said he drew a line in the dirt. George Bush, Sr. in the 90s made that same statement. He says, I'm drawing a line in the sand because they were going and fighting over in the Middle East, in the sands of the Middle East. And this is where we are today. This is where we are today. 2016, we have come to a point in our lives where we need to draw a line and say, Listen, this year, I choose God. I'm, I'm not wavering between the world and God. I choose, and I am going to serve God, victory or death. It's time. It's time. I want you to know there's a wide gap between the lines nowadays. Used to, a good man, you couldn't tell a good man from a Christian. Because he was of high moral and he was of high standards. I want you to know, that line is getting blurred more and more every day. Because what is accepted today in Christianity is not Christianity. It's time we draw the line. In 15 and 19... Captain Herman Cortez landed in Veracruz, Mexico. This is kind of where we're at today. He brought a group of men to Veracruz, Mexico. And he said, okay, men, they got off the boat. And he says, we've got an adventure and we've got something that we've got to accomplish here. And he turned around and he said, there is no going back. And he turned around and he told the men, he says, go and burn the ships. One man stood up and says, no, we can't do that because if we don't find what we're looking for... And he didn't even get the words out of his mouth before Mr. Cortez stuck a sword in him and says, we will find or we will succeed but we are not going back. I want you to know Jesus Christ went to the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, not my will, thy will be done. And he gave his life on the cross for you and me that we might have freedom Jesus says in in John chapter 7 he says I am the resurrection and the life you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior let me tell you you succeed in life without him you will fail what will be our decision this year for 2016 will we continue to live like we've always lived you know and I'm almost I'm, 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 I'm afraid to even ask I'm afraid to even ask. How many of us led one person this year, this last year, 2015? How many of us led one person to the Lord Jesus Christ? Just one. I'm afraid what our answer might be, so I'm not not asking, but ask yourself. Listen, if you'll just win one in 2016, that's more than you won last year. 2017, if you double that, you'll win two. Praise the Lord. You've escaped another one from the pits of hell. Let's determine today. I'm not saying make a New Year's resolution. Let's determine today that this is going to be the greatest year that we've ever served for the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter your age, let this be the greatest year you've ever served for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand together and pray. Fathers, we come to this time called the invitation This is the same thing that Elijah offered to the nation of Israel, an invitation to choose you. God, I'm praying this morning that that is our choice. Many of us have made decisions years and years ago to follow you. God, we've allowed the world to slip in a little bit, and we're not serving you like we should. God, let this day be the day that we make that decision to serve you like we've never served before. God, there may be one here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. They've never chosen you. Let today be that time, this invitation time. Let them come to know you as their personal Savior so that you can give them life in their decision. Thank you again for this opportunity that we've had this morning to hear what you can do for us through your Son, Jesus. And it's in His name I pray these things. Amen. You respond this morning if you need to respond.